You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. And underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello and welcome to the Delirious Nomads podcast. I, Matt Bacon, am here today with no Chris Santos, who is on his honeymoon uh, somewhere in California, I believe. All this to say, we are very excited today to have our dear friend, Simon Roach from Raptors, who just completed a really cool UK tour, who just released their debut full length living without death permission a lot's going on in the raptors camp how are you simon i am awesome my man thank you for for having me having me back it's good to be back yeah you've, you've been on here like three times now Jeez. yeah it's it's the raptors return this is yeah. this this is where we love back back home i mean it's the year of the raptor like- you know huh? gotta 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 take it for what it is <laughs> um all this to say, so how was tour? It was absolutely berserk. Um, it has been absolutely insane. It was everything that we wanted and more. It surpassed all all expectations of what we we wanted the the album release tour to be, and it was a roller coaster for sure. There was uh, there's a lot lot of tales to come from it, and uh, a lot of highs, not too many lows, but there's <laughs> a whole lot. Whole lot of highs because there was a lot of cities you've never been to before or only been to one time, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely like a, what felt like a far reaches, um, which we really wanted. Obviously, with the restrictions and just like the the stop start nature of the last couple of years, all of our like co headline runs and all of our like weekenders and everything have been quite centralized um to to the southwest and to london and this time we just got to that we, now that we knew there was going to be no chances of cancellations and and the whole restrictions are kind of dropped we were like let's go further afield let's go to some places we've never been see see what's cracking there and we had our eyes opened big time it was just a very humbling experience Going to cities we'd never even visited, we never even traveled to as people, we didn't know anyone there, and having 
like Edinburgh, for example, was uh, we've never been to Edinburgh. And uh, at one point, it, the, the venue was at capacity. It was... That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, like, utterly insane. We, we, we genuinely had no clue what we were getting into with that one like we've got some strongholds uh where we've got like london and we we know people from manchester because we've just got friendship groups and we know we've got sects of fans in certain places but edinburgh and newcastle were real kind of um kind of shots in the dark like big cities so we were like let's 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 try something new let's see see what's cracking and to have that that many people turn up was just absolutely insane. Well, Newcastle is quite a special place. I really like Newcastle. Everyone in Newcastle is up for a party every <laughs> single time. That, that, that is an accurate depiction of my entire experience in Newcastle. <laughs> it's just like my entire Newcastle experience has always been like, okay, I guess we're going to drink at 10 a.m. <laughs> okay, these haircuts are really unfortunate. Oh, Lord, this accent is impenetrable. Oh, honestly, I love, I love the Newcastle accent. It is so, like, fun. Sure. I can't imagine anyone being angry in a Geordie accent. It's it's just such a friendly, fun-loving accent. It took a hold. As soon as we got out of the van, I was like, oh, my life, this is going to be awesome. And it, was, and it was a party. It was an absolute party. It was definitely, like, a more intimate one. It was almost like, almost like a glorified stage show so it was just like a basement room and it was just rammed it was just rammed in there so we could it was fun for all the senses we could smell everyone in there it was uh it was absolutely awesome and the guy who stepped in to do sound the uh, original sound guy had got covid so uh there, there was a bit of a last minute we need we need someone to step in for sound and he just got off tour with five finger death punch okay and he uh, he came in and was just he just made this basement room sound absolutely awesome and it was just like a thunderous thunderous pie and then we we drank the night away with him and yeah had had a lot of stories to tell from that good so the moment has kind of arrived it feels like I'll always say everything is always work in progress but it's it was nice to kind of see the wheels are turning it felt great to be. At it like there were people in every single city singing along who had taken the time out to buy to listen to the album and to already know the lyrics to to it even though it was like a, a month and a half old it was uh, a very humbling experience that's pretty cool yeah it was it was great and yeah a massive shout out there was um in the Birmingham date, we had it was a guy who's it was his 17th birthday, and his sister had bought him a plane ticket for a day trip from Dresden in Germany to come over to the Birmingham show. For literally, they arrived in in the afternoon, came to the show, came and hung out, watched the show, went back to pick up their stuff from their Airbnb, and then had to fly back all within about 12 hours. So that was some some mind-blowingly good stuff yeah coming from it and that's really cool that someone would just like want to do that for your fucking band yeah honestly it was it was like that mate that like hype like we'll always approach every show um, and throw everything in the kitchen sink at it but that made us just want to just go doubly doubly in birmingham for that for that kind of effort that kind of passion and that love for music is just 
it makes our world spin around. So the fact that, and they weren't even phased by it. They were like, yeah, of course we would. We were like, this is crazy. This is this, this actual crazy awesome. Yeah, right? Like, and we, we were absolutely loving it. Like we, we signed a drum skin and gave it to them to, to go away with. And we gave them a doodle to, and they were just like, they were in tears. They were crying from, from having like such a good time. And we were like, that's literally the, the least we can do for that kind of dedication. So it's, yeah, it's, it was super, super nice to experience. And it's, yeah, very humbling to know that this music that we wrote in this house while we were cooped up in lockdown is, is, is reaching people all over the world. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah, that's very surreal. To be like, wow, you care this much about our thing. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy thing because when we're writing, we were obviously we write very, it was very insular kind of situation. And we knew we knew we had riffs and we we were throwing throwing it all into the pot. But personally, like where people like 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 Leon and like Lena, who came over from Germany, um, who connected with with the songs, like the you could I couldn't ever plan for that it was like the songs that we wrote were so personal to me that like, obviously I hoped that it would resonate with people but I couldn't guarantee that it was just I have to say what's on my mind of course um and the fact that it, it had resonated with with uh those guys and we're yeah as we've been told in in all the cities it's yeah it's such a, a gratifying validating kind of feeling yeah that's really cool like you said this tour kind of felt like an arrival right so what other moments made it feel like an arrival beyond just someone coming from dresden and these packed out shows in newcastle and um, edinburgh what was there anything else that sort of made you go like oh shit this didn't happen before yeah i guess it was like we've obviously played a lot of support shows and we have played a lot of festivals like lower down the lineup and we always try to to be that impact and to to meet people where they're at and and it's always nice to kind of shock people to see a reaction when you're like ah now i got you now i've got your attention Mm -hmm. it's always a good feeling but when there's people that are kind of already anticipating that it makes our lives (laughs) kind of is our job is easy when when people are already coming to the show and they kind of they were anticipating mayhem that that makes the hype before we go on yeah so much more like visceral uh because it can kind of be like when you when you've been on support shows you're like you never know what you're gonna get and you might get people that are gonna stand there and be like impress me impress me boy or there might people just might might not dig it and be at the back but the fact that with this our first real proper headline run there were people kind of just like champing at the bit Uh, and that was like a whole brand new kind of really cool feeling yeah absolutely so kind of tied into that we had a really interesting conversation about this with nicholas cage fighter what do you do to be a good frontman, I actually thought of you recently. I saw Bring Me the Horizon, who's not really a band I'm normally interested in, but I, who, I, who I know you love. And I partially watched them because of you. And they were just so magnetic live that I couldn't go away. You know, so like, what do you do to kind of harness that live magic as a frontman? I genuinely think there's no clear preparation you can do. I think all you can really do is is know your songs know that you're going to perform the shit out of them. And then it's a matter of reading the room because okay. it's not always the same. No, no, no rooms are the same. And I think if 
if you try too hard to to be one type of person like this is this is what I say at this point and after this song I'll say this I think people are emotionally intelligent people are can tell when something's real and I think you've got to yeah. be in the moment and be aware of your surroundings because part and parcel of being the front man is is being the entertainment and kind of conducting a night and sometimes things don't go to plan and sometimes you can feel people's energy so sometimes like I'm not afraid to just make a night funny. Like it's it's not always just about like trying to g someone up, like trying to cause a riot or like trying to conduct, like getting everyone to to mosh at certain points. Sometimes that that works. Sometimes that is the energy that you're feeling. But sometimes it might just be cracking a joke. Sometimes sometimes it might just be tell it telling feeling that it's the right time to tell a story, to tell the story of a song. Or sometimes it's it's have a beer with whoever's in the front row or jump on top of whoever's in the front row. It really is reading each room as it comes. No, that makes sense. That's, I think, a very valid and valuable take. They definitely feel like some people don't have that level of emotional intelligence and kind of try to run through a formula each time. And I don't know if, while I do think that sometimes it helps to have a script as a front man, or at least to have a few like banter points, if that makes sense. Yeah, knowing your points, like your bullet points, knowing things to say, having ammunition that you can throw. But it's it's like uh, sometimes it might be throwing a circle in a square hole. Uh, if you're like, I'm going to, uh, this is where I'm going to whip out this song or like th- this description of a song. And it just, sometimes it just, it, it'll fall flat. But I think that does come with doing it a lot. Because I think yeah. some people, some people do say, okay, there's a certain move, there's a certain drop in a song. Okay, this is what we're gonna we're gonna do. Like, and and it might have been the first ever time you've done this song, and you there's a wall of death that you're gonna create at a certain point, and it might have come off the first time you ever did it, but it doesn't mean that every single time it's gonna be that exact thing. It's it's just re- reading the room and. Uh, yeah, being natural with it. Yeah, realize people are clearly there, and if they're watching, they want to have a good time. But sometimes it's a good time is a it's a different thing each time. Yeah, no, of course, of course, no. I, I appreciate what you say about like having the the talking points, you know, the bullets so that you can kind of know no matter what happens, I have something to fall back on. Yeah, that's it. No one likes dead air. <laughs> so you got you gotta ha- you gotta have something so but how do you counterbalance that right because like i feel like especially when you're sort of a you know this isn't so much the case for you anymore but you know when you're like a local band you know who hasn't really sort of gone beyond your city really nobody wants to hear you talk <laughs> yeah. you know and like and i feel like even raptors where you're at now could be in a situation where i where i don't know how much people are expecting stage banter do you know what I mean? How do you find that balance? How do you find like when you should be talking? I think it's like be human about it. Be having fun. If you're not enjoying it or if something's awkward, because that does happen. I mean, it's happened. We've supported. I'm not going to dra- drop any names, but we've we've supported some big bands and their fans are not, not uh, traditionally like people that would normally listen to us it would have been some strange parents because we've been hard to go by but some things fall on deaf ears but 
I think if you know it's fallen on deaf ears, don't be awkward about it. Like, that makes it 10 times worse. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, because, like, if if you can laugh at yourself, then you're absolutely bulletproof. Because if someone didn't like a joke or something that you, you just said, that's one strike. And if you can laugh it off, then half the people in the room will probably laugh with you for being make it making it funny but if you're just awkward about it then it's going to give like so much more ammunition of people just to to dislike so yeah, yeah no. i've definitely dropped some clangers and been like oh shit well that went down like a lead balloon and yeah uh, and that, then no one's got anything on you they'll either laugh with you or be like this guy's a fucking idiot and either way it's kind of funny yeah no and, and that level of bravery is pretty uh pretty crazy <laughs> and weird yeah okay so you've done this tour you put out this record you know this has kind of been the culmination of the last couple years of work basically mm-hmm. what do you kind of feel is next we've got the fever now for um being on the road and i think there's there's more miles to to come um there's more places there's more countries to visit and we've got so much ammunition we've got so many in the barrel now that I think it's going to be tour, tour, tour for the foreseeable. All the while we are writing, the next lot is uh, is underway already. Uh, I think it's just good, good to kind of keep alert, keep sharp with with writing. Um, and yeah, I do, I do think we've just got there's so so many miles left to really kind of get the word out. It'd be it'd be great to kind of do some co-headline tours and to do some support tours, um, and just just get further afield. I like meeting people. We've established this in the in the last uh, couple of weeks. I think there's an army still to build. Sure, that's a good way to do it. Or to put it rather, when it, when you say it's an ar- there's an army still to build. How do you build your army? I think it's genuinely. It feels more like a giant friendship base. Uh, that's going to sound corny as hell, sure. but I, I don't care. <laughs> um, it's it is genuinely like meeting people with the absolute same temperaments and the same people that are connecting with your music. And I think mm-hmm. build building our community that we are, it feels yeah, like an army, like a family. Um, and that that just kind of goes not necessarily further, it feels very, very gratifying. Obviously, there's there's things that you can achieve from just getting numbers and getting uh streams and whatnot but i think the the long game is actually building some loyalty and and actually like having a community that you can actually give back to where we're not just putting putting just content out for people it's it's actually having something that where there is a, a back and a forth and it definitely feels like something that's kind of happening right now and something that we definitely want to harness and there's no better way of doing that than hitting the road. Obviously, combining it with with uh, releasing and and having more online stuff as well. But there, there's something very primal and great about actually getting out there and, and meeting people. And I think in in the times that we're in and the times that we've had, um, it seems to resonate like a lot more. It could feel like. A whole lot of warmth from people coming to the shows and we made we made extra hours in our days in this tour to like spend time with people having photos with people and it's like 
people out wanting to, to to buy pieces of merch and 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 CDs and vinyls just just to have them signed so they can physically be there. I think like really kind of getting with this time of people have been fucking through the wars like mentally uh, the last couple of years and yeah they're only they're kind of feeling normal again now the the amount of like hours we've spent kind of talking to people about their how they've been dealing with everything without live music and yeah it's obviously sad to hear that people felt like that but the fact that they are coming alive again now and you can see it is is a really kind of um great thing to be a part of and uh and to to kind of help people in that way is just absolutely amazing feeling and yeah we want to do that a lot more no and it's, and it's a cool thing to be a part of it's cool to be like you know to realize that something you did benefited the people around you yeah even if it's something kind of silly like making a rock record that's it it's absolutely insane to know like especially when people are saying oh i've I heard this song i've done this video and um it really helped me through a certain time it's like so good like that is why we do it that is why we write some of those songs those songs are literally cathartic to us and it's uh, it's about like that release of everything that we felt and the fact that that's helping other people release uh the the crap that they're feeling is yeah it's a it's an amazing thing to to kind of hear that it's helping doing that on a on a larger scale with further afield is is definitely where we're heading for yeah so with the impact of living without death permission in the uk like because obviously you know like i have numbers and stuff but i don't really know i guess we don't really know on like a cultural level how it impacted you know for lack of a better term yeah how do you view sort of the impact within the english rock underground it's hard hard to kind of see it when when you're in the in the midst of it but it's it's kind of a bit almost like overwhelming with the the amount of dms and everything that we've been receiving and the fact that there's like people from like the far reaches getting in touch and on a, on a personal level it's people i've not seen or spoken to for like years and years and years and they're like you were on the radio I saw you at like this festival. I was in the crowd, and yeah, that that kind of, and that is that's not from they're not people that I like have had on social media or anything. Like I had a uh, a complete kind of rehaul with social media not so long ago, and uh, yeah, these people are kind of like have sought out and and found and yeah, hearing that it's reaching people from from a, what felt like a past life. And yeah, people are getting in touch with us from hearing it from completely different sources and some sources that we were completely unaware of um, is is a crazy, crazy kind of feeling. And yeah, it's, it's kind of gratifying because there's people that we really, really kind of respect um, that have kind of got in touch as well. And yeah, yeah, getting getting the thumbs up from from people in bands that I grew up listening to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we had Ian from Kasabian uh, was... Uh, bigging us up oh that's crazy yeah which is absolutely awesome we actually went went for a drink with ian which is which is cool he's a legend by the way but yeah that that kind of thing that that's that's people that you know in your in your circle and when you're kind of playing like local shows i absolutely love that like friends do this but they'll gas you up i think regardless but like when you're getting people that from other worlds 
getting in touch i'm like you didn't have to come and say that and that shows some impact so it's uh it's a really nice nice feeling that's awesome that's just so cool to hear that it like something happened and now you sort of turn the dial and you're into whatever this next piece is yeah i'm too superstitious to say too much but yeah it's um, it's definitely um it's definitely a gratifying feeling don't rest on things too much i always like kind of take it and then it's on to the next but it is nice after after um so much graft and and so much kind of i mean it's a surreality really of of everything for the last couple of years because well because you're like a pandemic band in a lot of ways like you kind of came up because you formed like late 2019 right yeah the single that really like put us on the map was dropped in the middle of the pandemic so it's <laughs> it's it's all been very surreal and obviously things that would have probably been done over over a table over a drink like meetings that we'd have probably had the fact that they were all over zoom and over um yeah over email everything kind of did feel very surreal for a long time so even like when when pen was meeting paper and and when that the album was done it all still felt very very surreal like is this a fever dream uh have, have i been sleeping this whole time like am i gonna get yeah. and wake up and realize that it was uh we're still in the pandemic but like now it's feeling kind of real so it's nice to kind of take take that little second of like okay stick this is this is a reality now. And um, and then we move. Now we continue. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I didn't want to make this episode too long, but I really appreciate you kind of getting in to what it was like to reach that next level. Thank you, Simon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, dude. Thank you for uh, for your time. And it's always a pleasure. Of course. Catch us next week. Not with Simon, but with someone else cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? 
I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.